You're listening to a 3CR podcast created in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au. There is a place where time stands still, where nature is harsh and demanding, where only the quick and the strong and the deadly can survive. This place is no place for civilized man. All you've got to do now is pass the Australian culture test. Three simple questions, three correct answers, and you go through that doorway to the greatest little country in the world. Hi everyone, Annie here for Showreel. Hope you're coping and staying safe with the COVID situation. Before we get on to the meat and potatoes of today's program, I have two event announcements. On Monday, the Australian Conservation Foundation and Dartmouth Films held the Australian premiere of Vicky Leslie's film The Atom, A Love Affair, online. It is a timely reminder of the sneaky reintroduction of nuclear energy onto the Australian scene with an agreement around a nuclear sub and the National Party piping up about nuclear energy being the answer to climate change. Since the film is such a fantastic historical investigation into why and how nuclear reactors failed the test as a safe and inexpensive form of energy production, it's worth having a look at. Beautifully put together and the film is accessible by going to www.dartmouthfilms.com that's D-A-R-T-M-O-U-T-H-F-I-L-M-S www.dartmouthfilms.com and on Thursday the 30th September tonight at 7pm Chavez a documentary online screening supporting the Venezuelan people all proceeds from this film night will go directly to support communities from grassroots organisations to build a childcare centre to support families in areas affected by the economic blockade led by the US. It's also $10. You can book on trybooking.com forward slash capital B-U-E-L-L. B-U-E-L-L. Now for the meat and potatoes. Today, we are looking at how Australian content can be maintained with the streaming services like Netflix on the ascendancy. The federal government has left the field unregulated with no Australian content requirements, despite the fact that the Australian arts and entertainment sector employs a large cohort of people and contributes enormous amounts to the Australian economy. It is pretty obvious that without content requirements, Australia is likely to become a dumping ground for other countries' culture. The Australian Institute hosted Matthew Dina, CEO of Screen Producers Australia, and the actor-producer Eric Thompson, speaking with Ebony Bennett about just this subject. This is just an excerpt. You can get the whole lot from the Australian Institute YouTube channel in the next few days. And the Australian arts and entertainment sector is just a, a powerhouse in the Australian economy, but that's really um, quite misunderstood. Uh, it employs uh, close to 200,000 Australians and contributes $14.7 billion to gross domestic product annually. 
uh, the arts and entertainment sector employs four times as many Australians as coal mining and as many people as the entire finance sector, yet its economic contributions continue to be poorly understood. So it's an absolute economic powerhouse, but it's been really hit hard by the pandemic. And uh, if you're anything like me in lockdown, we're absolutely relying on watching stories, in particular Australian stories. And if you're anything like me, you've been absolutely binging up a storm to make it through lockdown. Um, I can't handle anything too intense at the moment. So I've recently been enjoying a Rosehaven and Aftertaste and Back to Nature on ABC and The Family Law on SBS. Those are about my speed at the moment. And our local content requirements for television have really delivered that quality Australian content and Australian stories for decades. But now with the streaming services coming on board um, and huge take up from within the Australian community, it's really crucial that streaming services like Netflix and Disney Plus and Amazon Prime and Apple are required to tell Australian stories too. But there really are no requirements um, on them to produce local content. So today I'm delighted to uh, bring into this discussion our two guests today. Matthew Dina is the CEO of Screen Producers Australia and Eric Thompson will be, I'm sure, a familiar face to many of you. Whether it's from Pack to the Rafters or Aftertaste on TV, Eric is one of Australia's most respected actors across film, television and theatre. He's just getting into being a producer as well, from what I understand. And uh, I'll note that in doing research for this, I saw the trailer for uh, his new film, Coming Home in the Dark, which looks downright chilling if you're like me and are a massive fan of horror. I can't wait to check that one out. Matthew um, and Eric, thank you so much for joining us today. Hey, how are you? Um, Matthew, I'll start with you. Obviously, the whole arts and entertainment sector has really been struggling during the pandemic. But for people who aren't really familiar with the industry, can you just start by explaining to us a little bit of the problem that you're encountering and, and why local content rules don't apply to streaming services? Yeah, look, thanks, Ebony. You know, look, let me just start also by acknowledging the traditional custodians of the land. We, we're so fortunate in this nation to have some amazing storytellers that actually go back in the first storytellers, 60,000 years or so plus, uh, in terms of the rich cultural heritage that we've got uh, in Australia and want to share with the world. Um, yeah, so our industry is an interesting one. It's a project-based industry where people come together, form teams, uh, deliver the content that we're all enjoying uh, and, you know, I'm a, as guilty as any is probably having the same taste as you, but I have to give a shout out also to the newsreader. But Aftertaste was fantastic, great comedy, delivered right at the right moment. Well done, Eric. Um, uh, teams of people coming together, a lot more people than people realise that are employed through those teams. We might touch on that later. Um, in the pandemic, the problem originally was we didn't know how to put people together in the same room, did we? And one of the things that's been okay through this period for us has been um, some protocols and some um, little bits of support that have meant that our industry compared to maybe, maybe parts of the other creative industries has been able to keep functioning, not without its challenges, moving people around hard, border closures, all of those things. Uh, but we've been able to keep sort of plodding along. Um, the biggest problem, though, and, and you alluded to it, is that this, the whole basis by which our industry has been um, created in Australia, and it's, and it's the same challenge globally, um, is that you need to have support structures to build our industry from. Um, 
they come through trees. I call them the carrots and sticks. You need a, an element of carrots to incentivise people to work, and that's really good investments from government because it builds other investments, private investments. So we're an industry that's quite a challenge to um, take a risk on. So the little bits of seed money come together and, and then they create the whole um, production and that we've been able to work through that prism. But the most important um, element is the requirements for different businesses uh, that would otherwise not invest in local television, um, particularly drama, children's content and documentaries, that they have absolute rules around what they do to have to deliver those, um, those stories. Because, and you know, if we step back a minute, the problem for us is that um, we are an English language nation in which uh, there is a substitutability for our story um, from the American sort of huge machine of the studio system uh, that can deliver into our market content that is purchased by people supplying it to consumers uh, for very cheap, cheaply. It's essentially um, already monetized in other markets. So it effectively gets um, dropped into our market very cheaply. So there's a competition issue always on the ground in terms of how we might make our own content. And so we've always needed rules for the systems of delivery to consumers in Australia and, and then you know to also hopefully to the world by which there are requirements to show content. And as we've seen, and I'm rambling on a bit, but the, the structure of, of that is changing dramatically as we move away from the traditional broadcast model of watching things to more and more, as we all are, um, Netflix, Amazon, Disney Plus. And those new platforms who are really quite dominant in the market now haven't got any rules. And the question is, why is that? And part of it's a game of catch up. And part of it is that um, it's a conflicted policy space in that the businesses that are in Australia delivering now very, you know, a lot of content um, to everyone. Uh, don't want to have those rules. So there, there's a, a battle royale happening uh, in government, I suppose, at the moment to work out how to implement those rules and, and make sure um, we get to a good result. We can get into the detail of what that result would look like, but that is really what's happening at the, the coalface. And it's not that this is new problem because they've had four reviews actually in government to basically say, this is what you should do. So we're just playing a game of, come on, come on, come on, let's get going, let's get going. And the risk is that other territories are already doing these rules. And so the global investment from um, those big players will start to kind of go into the territories where there are rules already. So Australia has got a, you know, a job to get self-organised and deliver this stuff and get moving uh, in a nutshell. <laughs> um, Eric, I'll come to you next. You're obviously a working actor across both Australia and New Zealand. Um, but I wondered if you could just kind of... Um, you know, take us behind the scenes a little bit. Australian film seems to be doing okay during COVID because we've had so few cases. Um, but, you know, how important are local content rules behind the scenes in terms of driving investment in productions of the likes that, of TV shows and, and things that you've worked on? Uh, yeah, I'm coming to you from Ghana country down here in South Australia. And, um, yeah, look, we've... I think on one level, we've been doing really well we've, in terms of uh, production during the pandemic. Um, certainly, you know, certainly last year, the beginning of this year, um, the government put up a lot of money to incentivize foreign productions to come down here and shoot. I think it was $400 million, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, to uh, to bring foreign foreign investment. Of course, that all flooded into the country. And uh, and then we've kind of seen recently things get a little bit 
more tricky with the Delta strain and, and particularly in New South Wales. Um, and quite a lot of those productions have now, have now left and quite a lot of the people who came flying over here to be, be part of it have gone. So, you know, it was a, it was very much a kind of band-aid measure on, on something that, that perhaps could have, that, that amount of money could have really been spread out um, within our own industry to keep the smaller productions working and to push our industry forward in the future. Because, um, you know, certainly there's a lot of competition. And I think given the, um, the fact that free-to-air networks are making less drama um, and the streamers aren't required to make a lot of drama at the moment or any, they're not really required to make any drama at the moment. So what, we, what you end up with is a lot of stuff in development, whether it's funded development or it's actually being funded by the funding bodies, uh, all, all fighting for that small, that small amount of money. Um, and some of that will be lucky enough to make it into production, but certainly during the pandemic, there's been a real bottleneck of that. Um, you know, the like, like I said, the the amount of money available is, is seems to be shrinking, and the amount of people wanting it seems to be growing. So, we really are at a crossroads in terms of the way that people watch television. No longer on the free to air networks, and, that, and this has only happened in the last half a dozen years, really, since our national broadcast broadband network was fast enough to, to, for streamers. Um, it's only really six years, so we're really trying to work out what the best systems are. But certainly, uh, we need to find a way of making uh, making funds more available to our production companies to produce the the high quality work that we know that they're capable of. Yeah, not- um, I was just going to say, um, Matthew, can you give us a picture of how big the streaming services are and how yeah. much <laughs> they produce content and how little of that is. You know, yeah, it's massive. It is, no, no, it's a good point. And Eric's just hit the nail on the head. The issue is it's a question of making sure Australia gets its fair share of what is a, a, actually a reasonably well, huge um, business. So altogether, the three major ones, which are um, Disney, Amazon and Netflix, they are spending in, a, in Australian dollar terms about $37 billion a year, um, that's the public information, on new content. And it's just been released. Um, they were asked by the government to, you know, account for how much they're doing in Australia. And they um, mentioned, or they, the report so far is that they're doing about 122 million in Australia. So if you're a st- statistician, that'll be, oh yeah, the, sounds like a lot. It's actually 0.3% of their overall expenditure. Um, so you go, hang on, we're only getting 0.3% of these big businesses that we're all signing up to and we're investing in terms of our subscriptions. And our model is to say, well, hang on, that's not enough. Um, and it's inconsistent because the thing that, um, you know, Eric's a, 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 someone who can testify to this, the problem for the sector is that it wants a stable pipeline of work. And then you have people that are secure enough to develop projects and, and stay with the industry and not move away from um, this sector or have to travel overseas or or, or to live in Los Angeles, which has kind of been one of the challenges for us if we don't have enough going on. So we're saying, well, actually, raise your game here. Um, let's get up to a point. And we're only asking for what would ultimately be about 1% of their, as a, as a sort of a benchmark safeguard for our industry, 1% of their global expenditure, which equates to about $360 million of investment each year uh, into local Australian stories. So it's kind of, you know, it's not that much more 
but it would be a huge amount in terms of what it would deliver onward for the industry because that would lift us into about 10,000 more ongoing permanent jobs. It would create about, you know, another 10,000 hours of content or 100 hours, I should say, of content each year. So these things are kind of big um, opportunities for us to not just stabilise the industry and grow ourselves into a, a different space because we've been... Um, I think, you know, um, if the, the, the benefit of being in a global world is that we get to tap into that, but if we could also get swamped by it. So we're kind of going, hang on, this is now um, what we used to be small broadcast space. We're in a global environment. Let's make sure we get the opportunity to launch ourselves into that space and not be swamped by all the deluge of, um, of content. Yeah, no, well, easy. Sorry, can, can, if I could just jump in there. Sorry, yeah. I, mean, I just I just think it's it's important that, and I think neither of us, none of us, want to demonise the streamers because they're they're certainly, you know, we we all enjoy the, the work that they that they produce and, and that we can be part of. I think it's more, and they're big, they're big businesses and they're able to come in here and they see a fantastic business opportunity. It's more to do with what they're finding when they get here, which is you know a very, very good business opportunity because there's no kind of restrictions or stipulations or or requirements for them to be here. And um or it's tax. very, very <laughs> or tax. It's a very, very profitable. And it's just a case of of just introducing like in any other of the big industries in this country, if we were to suddenly drop all the the tariffs and the duties at the border and say all the wool and all the meat and all the just come on in do whatever you like we're not going to we're not going to tax you we're not going to just you don't even have to employ anyone the the government it would be a bloodbath the government would be would be out in a day it's not happening in our business because our borders are in the cyber in the cyberverse you know and it's easy for, for it to happen and like i said before the the national broadband network which has cost us you know um, 50 billion plus is of taxpayers' money has provided the perfect environment for the streamers to to work. And it, like I said, um, being great great business people as they are, they've seen a great opportunity. We just really want to make sure that there is the similar protections in our business as there are in every other industry in Australia. Yeah, and I was just going to say the Australia Institute's done a bunch of work in this space, and we've just released some polling that shows Australians definitely. Um, back your proposal, Matthew, in fact, probably um, a lot less modest than uh, what you're proposing is. So we um, we polled a representative sample of about a 1,000 Australians and found that three in five or 60% um, of Australians support requiring uh, subscription video on demand services like Netflix and Amazon to spend at least 20% of their revenue on Australian content. Um, and we also found that about seven in 10 Australians use at least one um, type of service like that. Netflix is by far the most popular, but people are also concerned about things like children missing out on history and culture due to the prevalence of American content on those kinds of platforms. Um, and I thought it was interesting that really um, that that type of concern um, cuts across political lines as well. So it's really clear that there's a lot of support out there um, for the types of things that you're proposing um, there. Um, Matthew, yeah. Well done on that research too. I'll just give you guys a, because it's a really important conversation that you're able to add to the 
to the national discussion at the moment. So sorry, over to you, Beck. <laughs> yeah, no, I was just going to say um, we have seen the government kind of paying a little bit more attention in this space. It's had a couple of inquiries, as we've referred to, but um, the minister, the communications minister, Paul Fletcher, I think you touched on um, the figures that they released that they'd asked for from the streaming services about um, how much that they are actually spending. But he's had a few more um, comments about this recently that indicates that the government is seriously looking at this issue. Do you think the government really gets the problem and, and is going to be willing to act on it? Look, I, I think um, I think they're starting... Look, I think there's there's a, a getting a handle on it is been a process for a number of years, um, and I think the natural tendency sometimes is to see whether or not you have to regulate the market and wait to see what's going to happen. And our concerns have always been, and we sort of start to see it if you wait too long to do these things, or if you let it drop too far, you lose a lot of people and businesses in the process. So we've been wanting to push and make sure that, the, you know, the government's really onto it. And we've, I think we're seeing, you're right, there's been a green paper that was announced. It was all um, the, the sort of starting points for the conversation were very small, um, tight, light, touchy style um, regulation proposals, which ultimately won't get us the cultural or economic value that we uh, need. So, you know, when I was referring to, sorry, 1% before, that was 1% of their global spend. We're saying um, that would translate to about 20% of the revenues they receive in this market, which is consistent with what you're saying. And we would think that's a good benchmark. The government's suggesting at the moment 5%, or it's posited whether 5% would be the right level. And we've gone, no, um, that's that's not even kind of probably where they're at at the moment. And we need it to be a proper investment for all the reasons we, we're talking about. Um, and it, I think this is then an opportunity, as you've touched on, that to us to show that people really care about um, the content they receive. And we know that that's true because if you give people great, made, well-made Australian content, um, back to the rafters being a great example there, it's just launched, um, it is stuff that they would absolutely prefer to watch because it's their own stories. And there is a, a deep concern, I think, in most cultures, not just Australia, but everyone's interested in the world, but they want to make sure that they understand themselves and that their children and their, 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 their community is communicating with each other through story. Um, and that I don't think any government would want to be the demise of that. So it's really then tinkering around well, how do you get the best result in a regulatory sense based around the challenge of these very large businesses starting from a position of not wanting to be regulated, of course, and that's a natural position for a big business that is, has already entered the market to go, well, we don't want to be regulated and putting a lot of pressure probably on government to say, well, don't regulate us. And at the same time, commercial television who are bu building their own businesses in this front with Paramount Plus or Stand for Nine or, um, you know, Binge for Foxtel, they're also saying to government, don't regulate these new businesses. So there's a lot of pressure on the government. Um, and I guess our job as an industry and, and the public and maybe people that are watching today is to also put their voice out to government to say, Actually, this is really important to me. I want to know that we have great Australian stories being made. I think this is a great economic story to tell. Um, it's great to see Eric on screen. Why don't we see more of him um, every day? So many different productions. Um, so, you know, those stories. And we have at the moment a, a, also a site that we should mention to people. It's called um, makeitaustralian.com. 
vehicleinstitute.com. I think it's Make It Australian, if you just type Make It Australian in. Uh, and it's a vehicle for understanding a little bit of these issues behind the scenes and also an opportunity for people to, you know, write to um, their local politician and just say to them, well, actually, this is this matters to me and it matters to the future of the nation. Because I think if you, if you take away our Australian story, you kind of take away Australia in the process and then you don't, we, we're kind of not operating as a kind of a bound, understood, um, you know, cultural nation anymore. That's it for Showreel this week. Just to remind you, the entire session for protecting Australian content in the age of Netflix can be heard and seen on the Australian Institute YouTube channel over the next few days. You can log on for Chavez, a film fundraiser for grassroots organisations in Venezuela, on tonight, Thursday the 30th of September at 7pm by going to trybooking.com forward slash B-U-E-L-L. B-U-E-L-L is in capital letters. You can also still access Vicky Leslie's film The Atom, A Love Affair, online at dartmouthfilms.com. Until next week, keep safe and keep sane. Here comes the sun. Here comes the sun. I say it's all right.
You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.